the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents... Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. Curious. I am Zach Romero. Joining me here at IndieCast headquarters is one Chadley Allen. Hey. And we are coming off of a hotly disputed <laughs> couple of episodes yeah. fighting about action movies. That's right. Some of us, mostly me, still have hurt feelings about it. You're, but be that as it may, we are shifting gears here. Get a lawyer for your hurt filioma. Yeah. Uh, we are shifting gears. What a dead pun. <laughs> we are shifting gears here and we are getting back into the interview game and we have brought on this episode a tag team of excellent proportions. That's right. As uh, for the first time on the IndyCast, we've got Carlos and Andrew, Gnarly Adventure. Gentlemen, What's thank you. What's up, my excellent fellas? Thank you so Dude. much for joining us, fellas. So, yeah, thanks for having Absolutely. So we here at the IndyCast uh, prefer to start these very stuffy interviews <laughs> with a series of uh, lightning round questions. If there's, if there's ever a word that's been used for us before, stuffy, stuffy is definitely totally, it. Totally it. Uh, and so this is going to be just, well, it started as just run-of-the-mill questions that every wrestling podcast would ask and has quickly de-evolved into an absolute damn mess. So, yeah. uh, gentlemen, let's start with this. Now, we've been shamed over the last couple episodes to no longer ask about training or anything like that. But just out of curiosity between the two of us, um, us. well, the two, you and I, trying to to settle, uh, where did you guys first train originally? Uh, Well, for myself, I started up in Boston, Massachusetts. I had a small, small school called Bell Time Club with Bo Douglas and a couple other trainers up there, like uh, some indie guys. Then we would have people come in to do certain kind of coaches and trainings like Tony Atlas, Mike Hollow, kind of things like that. Um, briefly did a couple like chaotic camps and kind of did some like, you know, bonded with some of the trainers over there as well, but not too much. And then ended up at OBW and then down here in Florida. Um, we don't typically talk about shoot jobs or anything like that because we don't want to get anybody fired, including ourselves. Right. But... Um, I know at least, Andrew, I know you've got a, a decently interesting shoot job uh, compared to the average individual. And then, Carlos, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I saw that you're moving up in the world at least. That's good. Oh. I'm working on it. <laughs> now, I know what Andrew does. I've heard I've heard that rundown. Right. And I, I think I've probably seen, seen that rundown. Because yeah. we're Disney pass holders. Right. What, what's Carlos doing now? Uh, secret agent, actually. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. CIA, very deep. No, I don't know. <laughs> Carlos, what what is it that you do? No, I have to kill you guys. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I, I just knew that on Twitter, he's moving up in the I world. I completely went with you on that yeah. one, too. I actually CIA, went with that. Yeah. It's like, really? Holy shit, that's yeah. pretty impressive. That it's like, he's very good at his how job. How did I fall for that? <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. No, I went through the college route first, so I ended up getting my degree and did a little bit of marketing work before ending up Pretty much just working on Planet Fitness as a little part-time job at the time. Uh, I did some marketing work with T-Mobile, and then I ended up working for Planet Fitness, and I worked my way up, and I actually just recently got a gym for myself, so I'm now just a general manager at the facility. Yeah, that's what I was referencing, because on Twitter he had said that he was moving up to, like, 
big boy status, so that right. was good. And trying to. It took a while, but finally got it, you know. Excellent. Well, congratulations on that. And then, uh, final question uh, before we actually get to the real recording. <laughs> final question before um, the actual. This is from this is from Luna. Okay. Uh, Andrew, oh, in your line of work, uh, how often are you accosted by like real horn dog <laughs> single moms? Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, um, tons of ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it really it really varies um, from show to show that I'm doing. Um, Indiana Jones is one that I get I get a lot of flirty people from uh, the Pirate Stuck show that I do uh, depending on what role I am because some of them like uh, when I when I play Cutthroat Jack um, I wear a false handlebar mustache and big mutton chop sideburns and act like a drunk the whole time and uh, girls really aren't into that but then when I'm Jose Guitar who's like the smooth talking kind of ladies man runs around without a shirt half the show um I get hit on a lot after that one, so... <laughs> excellent, excellent. What is your earliest wrestling memory? And I'm not talking about, like, this was the first time I hit the ropes. I'm talking about you're a kid, you're watching TV, or you're hearing about it, or you see it at a show. What is your earliest wrestling memory? Oh, man. Um, so, so this is a hard one because I didn't know... I, I'm from Puerto Rico. I didn't know WWE existed for a very long time. Sad, because it was on every Friday. Okay. So basically, for me, I was just, I don't know, maybe four or five. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember distinctly my great grandmother, who is the only other wrestling fan in the family. And I'm talking about 90 years old, about to grab a chair and get in the ring. Excellent. Excellent. She took me to the Coliseum in Puerto Rico, like close to where we live. I live in Isabella, so it's like there's a big Coliseum there for like basketball games and stuff, and they would run shows there. For World Wrestling Council, so uh, Carlos Colon, you know, uh, Arlito's dad. Mm -hmm. They would run shows there, and I remember going there, and I literally saw Primo, which I have no idea who they were at the time. I just remember this the first time. I was like, oh, these guys are really fucking cool. It was Primo Colon, so Eddie Colon versus Carlito Colon. So literally, young Carlito, young Eddie Colon, wrestling... It's the first thing that I ever saw as a wrestling fan. And I thought it was the absolute coolest shit I have ever seen in my life. Because they're flipping around, doing all these things. Like, I, at the time, I think they were having, like, a freaking blood feud in the family. So they were just kind of wailing into each other like crazy. That was the first thing that caught my, my eye. Just, like, the high-flying and hard-hitting style that they had. You know, they were trying to, like, sell that story that they just don't like each other at the time. And I absolutely believed it. I went home and I was like, man, fuck that Carlito guy. Like, what is this? <laughs> I'd hit him too. I, 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 I love to picture four-year-old Carlos coming home and going, fuck that fuck Carlito that guy. guy. And that's exactly what I said, because that was my, my great-grandmother would do the same thing. Like, yeah, fuck that guy. High-five <laughs> <laughs> me and she'd make me some rice or something. I don't know. That's my earliest memory. Okay. Now, Andrew, what about you? Uh, so two memories come to mind. Uh, the very first one was I was spending the night at my grandma's house and I was kind of flipping through the channels and all I remember is seeing Kane standing in the middle of the ring and I watched like maybe a minute of it. I, I couldn't tell you anything about it, but I saw just, you know, larger than life. Kane still had the mask on. He had the black and red flame gear. I was like, wow, this is, this is something 
but I had no idea. I had no idea what it was. I mean, I knew it was wrestling, but I didn't know anything about it because we didn't really watch it growing up or anything. Um, yeah. But the second one that, like, the one that really stands out to me was um, I was probably, uh, it was right before I turned 16, I think. Uh, a buddy of mine was telling me, because uh, I was starting to get into um, stunt work and stuff like that, and he's like, hey, man, have you ever heard of Jeff Hardy? And I was like, no, I haven't. Who's that? He's like, oh, he's this wrestler. He's got this high flyer, crazy, you know, personality and this in-ring style. He's making his return to wrestling. Uh, it's going to be next week on Raw. You should totally check it out. I feel like you really like this guy. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll check it out. So I watched Jeff Hardy's 2006 return when he did a run-in on Edge and just went right to town. I was like, man, I like this dude. And that's what like really got me into wrestling. Excellent. So first of all, I think it's pretty obvious that you two owe a lot to your grandmothers. Right. Because thanks to them, we have one of the greatest tag teams in the Florida wrestling scene now. And, yeah. uh... And secondly, four-year-old swearing and, you know, just fresh teenage-faced Andrew wanting to get the dyed hair and the and the uh, black light. The black light sleeves. Arm sleeves. The, yeah. I mean, we all were in that phase. I totally, I totally did that when I was, when I was younger. I was laughing. Yeah. Is I did it? Well, yeah. You're not wrong. And Jeff was probably was Jeff really painting his face at the time too. I don't know. With the big like I don't want to know. I don't want to know what year it was when he was sixteen because we're both going to turn to dust. Oh, well, I I already feel bad that like because I I lived in Puerto Rico for three and a half years, so I remember World Wrestling Council on TV and stuff like that. But when I, like Bruiser Brody hadn't died yet when I lived in Puerto Rico. <laughs> So it's like, yes, he's like, oh, yes, when I lived in Puerto Rico, you know, Carlito this was a young upstart. Like, yeah. Jesus, Carlito wasn't born yet at that time frame when I was yes, there. But. Gentlemen, look upon the ravages of time and age and <laughs> yeah. beware. You can see what's coming for you. Uh, so. It's a good thing we have a time machine. That's yeah, true. exactly. That's right. true. Uh, well, question number two you two are a, a couple of sensitive but gnarly dude yeah what's the last movie that made you cry and andrew i'm gonna have you go first because carlos went first last time that's smart last movie that made me cry um oh man you put me on the spot now that's that's the whole name of the game that's what we do i'll go first i'll get mine another way so um yeah so i like hitting people in the face but i'm also a tad bitch sometimes Mm -hmm. so i cry a lot during movies I'm not afraid to show my sensitive side. You know, if anybody's listening, I'm sensitive. Um, he needs to date for prom, damn it. He's that's sensitive. True. He is sensitive. I am. I'm sensitive. You got shut down last time we asked a couple of girls out to Yeah, and that's I true. Asked me how much I cried afterwards. You 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 definitely you definitely did something that probably some some high schoolers wish they could do after That's they get true. turned down for prom. But I was surprised we'll, at we'll, how non-problematic that match ended up being. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're all okay with this. All right, fair enough. What? But we'll talk about that in a minute. All right. <laughs> Like a little bitch was that dog movie. Forgot what it's called, but it's the one where the dog's purpose. Yeah, dog's purpose. Oh, I couldn't even watch it, man. I, I, I couldn't do that to myself. No, so listen, that's the hardest I've cried during a movie. My daughter was just born. I'm coming home from Indiana. So I'm obviously very sensitive. No, it's a big time in my life. I'll say, that's a very emotional state to be in. Right. And I was sitting in the middle seat on an airplane, so there's two people next to me. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to keep it in. I know this movie's going to be sad or whatever. I heard about it. I was 25 seconds in before I started crying like a little bitch, and these people are just looking at me like, what is wrong with this guy right now? Just in the middle, 
of the aisle, like in the seats, like just, just let it, I just let it go. I was like, you know, fuck everybody. I don't care what they think of me. Let it go. Dog's purpose. If you like dogs, don't watch it. If you don't like dogs, watch it. I want a dog back. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> the people, meanwhile, the people are in the seats are like, sir, this is just a preview for Birds of Prey. Well, I don't no, know if here's you need the, to... Here's the thing. First of all, the original uh, tagline for A Dog's Purpose was, a lot of fucking dogs die. Yeah. Little known fact. Carlos nailed it on that. Number two, I, I, picture, I picture this moment of Carlos feeling so vulnerable and just openly crying and thinking to himself, I'm a father now. I'm a grown man. That's okay. It's okay to feel this way. And meanwhile, these two people sitting on either side went, what is this 11-year-old sitting between us crying about? And can someone get him a cookie or something? Right. What's going on here? That's the thing, though. I did get extra cookies from the... <laughs> because, because, I did get extra cookies, which I really appreciate. Because so did anybody tell you you were a brave boy for flying by yourself? Oh, no. Like, absolutely. I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure somebody held my hand when we were Alright, Andrew, what about you? What was the last movie that made you cry? Um, so I don't go to the movies very often, but I, w- I would say one of the last ones that like really got to me was uh, uh, Endgame. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, damn. Um, there was one movie that I watch uh, consistently, one of my favorite movies, it's called Chasing Mavericks, uh, and I cry every single time I watch that, so... Not afraid to admit that, and it's one of my favorites. It's been a little while since I've seen it, but like, okay. So what? So what? Those are like the last two that really. What is so? Give us, give us the the, the elevator pitch on Chasing Mavericks, because amazingly enough, I not shocking. I don't know it, but I, I watch Disney movies constantly. That's true. You don't get but, a choice. But one Mister Zach Romero, who normally knows every movie, doesn't know it. So what? Shame what, on me. What, um, it's it's not super popular, but uh, it came out probably seven or eight years ago. Um, it's the true story uh, surfing movie about this boy Jay, Mar- Jay Moriarty uh, training to surf these tsunami-sized waves called Mavericks uh, with the help of uh, his neighbor Frosty, who was like a world-renowned surfer. Um, and, you know, through the course of the movie, there's all these things about um, uh, he has Frosty training him and he's had uh, Frosty's having him like write these letters and the power of observation and, you know, a lot of physical, you know, trials and tribulations and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, there's, uh, one part towards the end where Jay like goes out to surf the Mavericks and he hands Frosty one more letter. Cause there were like essays that he was having him write. So he hands Frosty this letter, you know, and he's talking about, you know, when his dad, uh, walked out on him and he's like, I never really knew what a father could have been, but now I know what they're supposed to be because of how like wonderful you've been to me. And, um, you know, he has this, he has this really great quote, uh, in his letter that says, uh, I know it sounds strange, but I never felt like I would be around for very long, which is why I want to take that drop because when I look over the edge, uh, I'll catch it and I'll become a part of it. And in that moment, I'll know that I'm alive. Um, and that like entire quote is something that really spoke to me uh, because I've always wanted to just be a part of something bigger than myself. I don't like really being the super center of attention. Um, I always want to be part of the ensemble that kind of brings the entire picture together. Um, the, uh, the the last part of that quote, and in that moment, I'll know that I'm alive, is actually something that uh, spoke so much to me that I actually got a tattooed on my ribcage. Um, it's, you know, it's it's this true story of just overcoming, um, you know, difficulties and working towards bigger goals and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, 
spoiler alert, uh, there was uh, a few a few months after uh, he surfed the Mavericks, um, he uh, he drowned while he was diving free diving in the Maldives. Um, he Ooh, was like twenty three years old. Yeah, but it, it's just like I know, you know, he goes through goes through, you know, finally achieves all the stuff that he he wanted to get and just you know live life to the fullest that he possibly could and it just you know there's this really beautiful like celebration of life at the end of it because you know it's a surfing movie so they have like hundreds of people making this giant ring on surfboards and they're all just like splashing water up in the air and you know celebrating him and it's just it just gets to me man every single time mm-hmm. got some movie recommendation you're definitely not allowed to watch that movie no because as soon as he said, oh, father, he hands him a letter and it's about being a father, I'm yeah, like, you're I'm, not allowed I'm to watch done. that. No, you're done. definitely not allowed no, to watch I that. No, I can't watch, like, Big Fish gets That's, me every yeah, time and yeah. I can't watch that anymore. Right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> we're not even in the lightning round yet. Question three. Um, you get in the you get in the phone booth. Right. You go, you're traveling through time. Who are you fighting? Yeah, what historical, let's go full fight club here. Which historical figure could you take on in yeah. a fight? Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> He did have it coming. There you go. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hang on, fight. Historical figure. Yeah, I want to fight him. There we go. Safe answer. Good answer. I want to. I feel like that fuck everything up, but I, I definitely. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I feel like I can take on Hitler. He only has one ball. Really? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? That was a big rumor at the time. Oh, that's okay. carried on through history. Yes. Go for real though, Napoleon Dynamite, Napoleon Dynamite, Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> I feel like I take on him. We're about the same size. I was gonna say that's a good cruiserweight fight. There you go. Yeah, that's that's a big one, and he's French, so it's all high flying. Yeah. Napole- Napoleon Dynamite and Napoleon Bonaparte tag teaming up again. Well, that's the his yeah. His... Right, right there. Yeah. No doubt, I wrestle Abe Lincoln. That man's a Hall of Famer wrestling. I would wrestle Abe Lincoln. I get my ass beat, but I'd do it. But say he was oh, huge. I say you know you're putting Lincoln over. You're not. That's not yeah. how that. Yeah. No, he's like he was like the cane of his day. There's just no <laughs> two ways. For that's what I actually said when like the 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 political debate of the time. Abe Lincoln pulled the door off the building, and they were like, "That's got to be Abe," and he came in. And... <laughs> Jim Ross was around even then. Yeah, he also time travels. That's good to know. <laughs> he's also old, so yes. it could be a possibility. So, all right, uh, so, Mary, you get to, you get to ask the. I was going to say, so I have a slight adjacent here oh, okay. uh, for the question because these questions have clearly been serious business up to this point. Of course. Um, so you gentlemen have tagged for more than fifteen minutes, correct? Yeah. Do- cumulative about seventeen. Our matches are pretty short now. <laughs> uh, we've been uh, wrestling together for about three years. Excellent. Okay, and. Uh, Traveled on the roads together, I'm sure, from time to time. So I want to, I want to. Pl- pl- I'm assuming you're not flown in separately, is my is my right. uh, is my guess here. Um, so I want to do a little baby edition of a tag team newlywed game. Okay. And so I want to start. Uh, what was the music for the newlywed game? I don't game remember. It's all match game or get the fuck out. Right. Um, so starting with Carlos, uh, what is Andrew's least favorite music on the road? Especially Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber rap, though? I was just going to say, as soon as you say rap, I'm like, oh, this is going to be really divisive. Yeah, especially that top rap artist, 
Justin Bro. Bieber. And now Andrew, in return, now again, we'll we'll one day we'll do some real research and we'll have like full, you know, we'll do the whole show as just the right. newlywed game for tag team. But well, I still want to do newlywed game for us as the host. That's, that's going to be a nightmare. Uh, so while you guys are are on the road, Andrew, what is Carlos's favorite food to order while you guys are out? Oh, um, yeah, he. Oh gosh, he is not picky in the slightest. Um, <laughs> Burgers or nuggets? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 gonna be a burger somewhere. So let me. I know where we go. We always make it a point to stop at Whataburger, so we we always get a burger when we travel. First off, Whataburger is easily the best burger chain out there. But whoa, okay, and you all can fight me on that one. Debate on that one uh, coming up in March. Oh, is that a tease? That is a tease, but uh, because one Todd Drushell, but. Wait, so when you're when you're so if if you're pulling into and we don't have a Whataburger in Florida that I'm aware of at least and if we do I'm road tripping later, uh, but in, in here in the state of Florida if you've got your choice of which fast food joint you're pulling into which one are you doing? Uh, you say which one Carlos wants? Well, I would say as a team, yes, as a team effort here. As a team. Uh, I like Wendy. Yeah, you do like Wendy's. Yeah, I do like we, Wendy's. we do go to Wendy's pretty frequently. Well, that would... Wendy's. I'm also kind of a McDonald's guy, so those mm-hmm. are those are usually our two. Well, Wendy's. I, I feel like also shit after eating McDonald's. Also, there is Whataburger in Florida. It's up north because every time we go Jackson, up to the Panhandle, um, there's always like four or five restaurants. That yeah, we there's one. So there's, there's one in Jacksonville too. Yeah. Okay, I guess we're road tripping to Jacksonville later. Then awesome. So. That that would work nicely for him. And Wendy's makes sense because you've got the four for four on that one. So That's then true. he gets his burger and his nuggies That's all true. In, in one shot. The burger there. and the nuggies. And the nuggies, yes. So, uh, gentlemen, one thing that I think we've taken a lot of pride in is the fact that although you guys have been wrestling together as a fantastic tag team, no jokes, no exaggeration, a right. top tier tag team in the state of Florida, if not the South in general, um, Punk Pro Wrestling is uh gets to be snuggled up close in terms of the debut of Gnarly Adventure specifically. Right. Um, so if we can, I want to talk a little bit about how that felt in that debut at Punk Pro. Really going for it, really being something that you guys really wanted to be and and, and really getting that crowd reaction the first time and, and just kind of walk through that, that headspace of, Really showcasing your skills that you guys have showcased it showcased a hundred times right. before, but really in this particular direction. And was it scary? Was it? Did it feel natural? How how go through that without you know giving too much so, away? So the very the very first show, I will say for for me personally, um, it felt really natural. Um, the in ring stuff comes I, I've worked very hard we both have better in-ring stuff um, and when it comes to finding moments for um, you know comedic stuff that we can throw in and stuff like that I think we both just kind of sat in the car one day and we were just like man 
isn't this a funny thing? Isn't this a funny? Let's see if we can make all this stuff. Happen. And we just came up with like a list of like anything that would fit our characters, you know, really well and try and do that. And from the second we got to the venue, um, we had talked about it a little bit, but the moment we got dressed, the moment we put our shirts on that say Carlos and Andrew's gnarly adventure provided by fully gimmicked. You damn um, right. And you know, I had my, my vest on and Carlos put the flannel and the hat on and stuff like that. And we just started walking around the building and the locker room and just everybody just stopped. And they're like, I love this. I love this. We hadn't done anything. And we were what felt like the most over thing in the locker room. that (laughs) night. Anything. And I think that just kind of put our minds at ease. It did for me at least. Cause I was like, I wasn't scared of what kind of a reaction we were going to get, but I was still, I was cautious, you know, because anytime you try something new, you never really know how it's going to go over. But at a place like Punk Pro where, you know, this kind of thing is highly encouraged and, you know, we we just got dressed and everybody loved what we were doing. And I was like, great. I feel so much better already. Good. Carlos, what about you? You were just completely on board from the get go and you knew without a doubt. I haven't. wrestling like you can you you can be the best technical wrestler in the world but if you can't back it up to translate that into what fans want what they want to see how you can be valuable to a show it's just not going to work and I think we went a couple of years there where yeah like hey they're good but they're not marketable they're not bringing anything to the show because there's other good tag teams out there which is true. Like, there's a lot of good tactics all over the all over the nation, all over yeah. the world. A, a lot in Florida, um, but at the same time, like, we just have to be able to stand out. And that was like, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, the idea didn't come strictly from us. Obviously, you know, we're big fans of what we're doing because we're big fans of where it came from. What they had to do it, you know, it was just like a little mentioning like a year ago, like, oh, you know, we should do that. Cool. And then it just never happened and we just kind of forgot about it and kept going with our lives. And then at one point, I think at least for me, I'm just feeling like, one, I was feeling super burned out. Two, I was starting to hate wrestling. And three, all of the above. <laughs> so, like, so it's just one of those things where like I just want to do something different because it's just me coming in here having a really good match and people are like that was a really good match cool appreciate that but it's not translating to all over the place like it just kind of I don't know it sucked so when we did this I didn't care if we got booed I didn't care if we got cheered on I just know that the first time we did this gimmick it was the most fun I've had in wrestling since day one. And it just felt right. I like being able to pro- to entertain and provide a good atmosphere to people. Like I, and that's the thing. Like you, you just have to be able to be able to like adapt to what you're given. So we did the gimmick. I like the gimmick. So fuck it, we're gonna do it. And he liked it. So fuck it, we're gonna do it. If people didn't like it, then we're the bad guys. We're the fucking robots. So yeah, true. You know, we we have to stand our ground a little bit on some of it too because we went into our match and we had a lot of people trying to tell us how to do our characters. And we were like, this is, this was our idea. Not, not 
percent ours, but like we yeah. had so many people trying to tell us what would be good for our match. And we we're like, hold on a second, let us do this because you know this is something we had talked about with a yeah. lot of people, and this is something that we've been working on. We've been. No, it's and not even a lot of people. It's about us. Like it's our thing. It's it's we're we're the ones in the match. You guys can do whatever the fuck you want, and we're gonna take whatever the fuck you want. Because honestly. I don't mean to gloat, but we're that good. We can take whatever the fuck you want and make anything that you want work. That's the thing. We'll make it work. But when it comes to our stuff, one, we don't really do a lot. Two, we're lazy. Three, all the above. Fun and- oh. So it's just let us do our thing because that's how it's gonna get over. Because we know we can do it this certain way. And the moment we literally went to that crowd and people were like, oh, hey, I know those guys, but it's a little different. But then it got behind it. It was great. Then I had an idea. Why the fuck would I wrestle when my shirt can do all the work? Well, and interesting you mentioned that because that was kind of where I was going. Because Andrew mentioned when you guys were getting dressed, when you got right. dressed, that's when you really started to notice it. And then, Carlos, you had just mentioned, like, let us let it be our thing. Who thought let's have let's have Flanny attack? What was tell us what what went into that? And were you surprised at how into it that everybody got about it? Because I'll be honest, the the one thing because I, I sadly had to miss the show, uh, but one of the things I was immediately hearing after the show was done was that match. Wait until I had you see a lot of people match. told yeah. me about that match, and I could not wait to, to see it. Which, by the way. Uh, you can go ahead and order that show right now. That's true on, uh, on Pivot uh, Chair. That's true, punkpro.pivotchair.com. Uh, and it did have a holy shirt chant breakout during it's their it. match. So you don't hear that every day. So tell us about Flanny. I will give credit where credit is due. Um, you know, we we got the idea from. Oh, what was that? Oh, okay. Okay. So Carlos came up with the idea for the shirt, which is one thing to like come up with the idea to. But to execute it, I will give those girls all the credit in the world because that wouldn't have worked. What? Fuck them. Let it out of the work. I know, I know, but, like, come on, man. Keeping it real, that we couldn't have gotten the holy shirt chance had it not been for... Bad and bougie to really kind of try to maintain and keep, and keep up. It worked, too. And yeah. Said, the idea came from again mainly me thinking how can I make this even more different like the, the, the more different it is the easier it's going to be to actually sell to somebody if I tell you if I come up to you and be like hey my shirt's going to do 90% of the wrestling and it's going to work you're going to think I'm absolutely stupid you're going to think that I am the most idiotic man in pro wrestling you're intrigued. You're like, wait, that's different. It's happened before. It's gotten over. Why don't we give it a try? We did. It got over. We got holy shirts. Chance. But you know, I got attacked by my, by, by my own shirt, by, but, um, plenty of miscommunication. The cotton was completely off. Yeah. Um, a cotton Canadian destroyer, I believe, is what, uh, what we called it. So... No more washing before the show. Right. And so I hope that this acts as a catalyst in order to get Gnarly Adventure showcased at other companies. Because yeah. as much as I love Punk Pro being at sort of the ground floor of it, um, I think it's absolutely just a different flavor of wrestling that I think could 
and should be seen on a on a much bigger stage. Definitely, I, I think it as as you guys both put. You guys have been skilled since day one. You guys have absolutely been able to provide in the ring no matter what. And this is just another added layer to that of like, well, now it's unforgettable. Now it's right. not just hey, that was great. It was I have never seen anything like that before in my life. And I think that's what's going to help you guys stand out. Now, I don't want to put anybody on the spot. Just kidding. We've done it the whole show. Chikara. Um, Yes, that's book, true. Book them. Um, yes. King of Trios. Gnarly Adventure. Levi Everett as Abe Lincoln. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> I'm dream booking. No. So I'm not you trying to put you guys... made my day with that team. You realize that, right? <laughs> you, know how much, you know how much I love these guys. You know how much I love Levi Everett. I'm, I'm here to please. No, Thank you. Um, gentlemen, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but you guys have obviously wrestled in Florida for for okay. quite some time. And you've and Andrew, Carlos, you guys have both ventured all over this this crazy state. So not saying that you have to feel pressure, not saying that it's reflecting on you entirely, but Florida gets a lot of shit in terms of Existing, and specifically <laughs> in wrestling. Existing, right. So, as somewhat ambassadors, let's say, of professional wrestling and people who know their way around Florida, what would you say is something that is a, a pro to Florida wrestling and what is a con to Florida wrestling? And let's not get anybody blacklisted. Let's not get anybody fired. We don't have to name names of companies necessarily. Uh, but... Belay that. Name names if you want. <laughs> but... Ruin your careers. But... What would you say is a is an absolute plus to Florida wrestling, and what is something that is a minus? Okay, uh, so my answer uh, is actually the same for both. It's a pro and it's a con. The saturation of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have so many unbelievably talented people that can wrestle in this state that get booked all over the place. And I think that's a wonderful thing. We want to showcase everything that we have. On the positive side, there are so many talented wrestlers here that it can be impossible to get on a show. <laughs> that's, I you know, mean, I, we've seen it from both sides, and yeah, that's you're not wrong. I think one of the, uh, I mean, yeah, and, and you're not wrong. I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers, I think, and I'm not really calling anybody out because, shit, we've done it for the past three years. It's not something that it's hard it's, it's, it's not something that's easy to do to like go out to other places and get booked. You know, you have to take a risk on yourself. But um, in Florida, there's a lot of... You can get complacent. You can get comfortable really fast because people tell you like, yo, NXT is down the road. Doesn't matter where you are in Florida, they tell you that NXT is down the road. You can literally, literally be up by the Pensacola. Like, yo, you start wrestling? Shit, NXT is on the road. People get so complacent so fast that they want to be seen here so bad, but they don't realize that the more you make a name out of yourself, the more you leave the state, the more you start taking a bigger risk on yourself. And so what's really going to get you seen, you can rest. I, I mean, there's people in Florida that have been wrestling here for 20 years, and they've never even been close to an NXT ring or a WWE ring. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just saying just how it is, like, we get comfortable so fast and get so complacent that we think that everything here in Florida is going to be done for us because there's, I mean, yeah, my apartment is literally 45 minutes away from where NXT shoots. You're not wrong. Have I ever been in an NXT ring or even close to it? Absolutely not. Well, and, and, and I think both of you bring up excellent points. I mean, there's over 
61 different wrestling companies actively running at least once a year in the state of Florida. Over 61 different companies. So I think it's absolutely a temptation to become complacent. Right. Because where is the pressure to push yourself? Because, for instance, let's say you're in, I don't know, Philadelphia. And it's like, okay, you've got Chikara and you've got maybe... Combat Zone. Combat Zone when they're running. And who else? Like, there's not a ton that runs through there. Right. So, therefore, if you're like, well, I was thinking about trying this out, but I think I'm just going to stay where I am and see where that takes me. It may not take you very far. Right. It may be like, well, they used you once and never again. In Florida, <coughs> there, I think, and gentlemen, please, please, please tell me if I'm wrong. There is absolutely, I think, a risk of... You can stay in your lane and go, I'm never going to stretch or try anything new and still stay booked if you worked your way around enough through 61 goddamn companies. Right. Right. And and, and you're absolutely correct. And I always use the Midwest as a very good example on not getting comfortable and complacent Mm -hmm. because it's just, it's thriving up there right now. Like the wrestling scene is just thriving again up there. You have a lot of guys out there that are so goddamn good, and they are not—they—they they are not happy doing what they do now. Even though they do, a, they do a lot, but they're not happy with it. They just want more. They want to keep going. And a lot of them have been able to actually excel very well by traveling, making sure they take risks on themselves. Like I have a lot of friends from OVW, and this is not a shot at OVW whatsoever. I had two of the best trainers there that I've ever had on Matt Capitelli and Rip Rogers and rest in peace Matt Capitelli, one of the best friends I've ever had. Um, Rip Rogers as well, one of the craziest guys I've ever met, but to me he was a great guy. He was a great trainer. Not outside of OBW, but they weren't very happy to let you go and do your own little bookings and do that because they wanted to kind of like mold you into being a star for them. Which I mean, I and Which that's is- not even Again, not trying to defend any companies, but that is a very common thing, I think, in a lot of wrestling schools. Yeah. That they want to kind of turn you in a little bit. But I can't, like, with them, it's just at the time. Again, it's been bought out. You know, Alpha was running and I have no idea. I haven't been there in years. But at the time, it was one of the things where, like, how do you struggle to be a professional wrestler? One of the most basic things to do is getting in my car and getting a booking, even if it's three hours away or this and that, and I can't even do that. It's the same thing that happens on here, but I feel like here it's more on the wrestler, not like up there. I have a lot of friends that I started with at OVW that are doing great, like have wrestled for Impact, are coming down to different states, doing bigger shows, like AIW in Ohio, like all of these things that they're doing is like bigger, big shows, and they're just thriving, and that's the thing. They're the ones that did that for themselves, like getting away from that mentality of being just in one company. Mm -hmm. I feel like in Florida, that's one of the cons. We do it to ourselves. Like there's so much wrestling here and I'm, you know, at least I'm, I'm working three times a week, but is it really, is it really worth it? Like, I don't want to be working three times a week by the time I'm freaking 35, my body hurts and I can't really wrestle anymore. And I didn't do anything. Right. And work once a week at a bigger show or twice a week at bigger shows and some other places m- might as well. Like you're, you're going to get more exposure that way. 
Now, the good thing I like about Florida is the fact that I've met so many, I have had almost no trouble with a lot of people here. I have loved almost everybody that I've met here, like 99% of the people. There's so many great minds in Florida that can help you out all the time. Like, there's just so many people I've met that I have been more than happy to sit down and tell you exactly what you're fucking up and exactly what you're doing good. And that's just amazing. Like, I love that about Florida. Other places, yes, it happened, but not as often. Here in Florida, you have a lot of people who are like, no, we want to see you succeed, so this is what you're doing wrong. Well, not necessarily wrong. This is what you're doing poorly at, and this is what you're doing right. Maybe fix this, and you do that, or find yourself. You know, it's it's been a lot of talks with a lot of people that get booked everywhere, been places, and I haven't experienced that anywhere else other than in Florida, which has been pretty good so far. But, you know, that's my two times. Outstanding. Very nice. Well, uh, gentlemen, we're going to get kind of into our, uh, we're getting close to the end of the episode already. Okay. We're going to go into our final our final three questions now. The first one. I feel like there needs to be a slight addendum to this first sure. one of yours because uh, I feel like Carlos is going to be able to answer this, but we might have to change up the question a little bit for for Andrew. Well, let me see. Let me see. He might, Andrew might surprise us. Okay, I don't we'll know. See. I don't, I, we'll I could see. be wrong. Uh, but uh, this one is obviously the one we uh, lovingly refer to as the Trevor Avon memorial question. Though Trevin's not dead. Right. Um, by the way, Trev, love you. Yeah. Um, so uh, when you're out, you're doing the drives. It's late at night. You've got a rumbly in your tumbly. Uh, you're coming over a hill, and there's a big shining beacon there for you. Uh, and you're ready to pull over and get some uh, wonderful food to eat. Uh, when you pull over, is that beacon a Sheets, or is that beacon a Wawa? It's a Wawa. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so I, I will say, though, I'm originally from up north. Okay, so okay. Right. Sheets. I was used to sheets when we did our, our, you know, my family did a lot of drives to South Carolina and whatnot, so I was very used to that. But then I've been living in Florida for seven years now. I'm a Wawa guy now. Damn right. All right, I, Carlos, what about you? I fucking love sheets. I settled with Wawa in Florida, but when I went to North Carolina to wrestle and they told me, hey, sheets is pretty good, try it out, and I stopped at the sheets and I could get a fucking burger. Unlike Wawa, I almost cried. Also, their shakes are amazing. And, yeah, I, I like Wawa. You know, it's a nice little side bay when I'm not up north. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's... that's I love that that's split the, right down the yeah, middle. Yeah, the phrase, I, I settle for Wawa. I that's settle for not, Wawa. That's, Wawa's a great side bay. That might be my favorite. The right greatest uh, tag team going today is now officially going to break up over Sheets versus Wawa, and it's all our fault. Right. Um, so we do have, yes, we do have a, a, additional two questions here. So first of all, somewhat similar to, uh, to one of our extensive lightning round questions. Right. But uh, unfortunately, in the incredible performance art, uh, that is professional wrestling. We lose a lot of talent early. So that being said, Carlos, Andrew, if you could go back, let's say, or work with uh, any wrestler, manager, promoter, anyone in the world of professional wrestling who is no longer alive, who would it be and why? And I assume that you'll both do a quiet version of rock, paper, scissors to figure out who answers first. Uh, we, we just did a head nod to each other. <laughs> Um, so I would say for me personally, um, I would say Florida wrestling is where I got started. Right. So I want to keep this true to Florida wrestling. I would have loved to have worked with 
and more importantly, met Wayne Van Dyke. Wow. I've heard nothing but, I've heard nothing but wonderful stories about him. Uh, you know, we were, we were both fortunate enough to work with Rex, um, you know, and to hear stories about their tag teams and just anybody who ever met the guy had nothing but good things to say. I was not fortunate enough to meet Wayne. I was, I was still very new to the wrestling scene. Um, so in the spirit of keeping Florida wrestling alive and well, my answer is going to be Wayne Van Dyke. World Sexiest Team versus Gnarly Adventure would have been that would have been, match. That would have been amazing. I could have main evented any show with in Florida. With Wade Van Dyke's really long intro. Yes. Um, so. All right, Carlos, what are you? So I do want to mention a quick side note because I was actually in Wayne's last match. Wow. And that was the first time I've actually met the guy as well. And he was probably one of the nicest guys I've met in, in wrestling, like, just top-notch, man. He cared so much about wrestling, even just meeting him that I think I knew him for an hour. But he was just such a cool dude, like, from the get-go. He's like, oh, like, what do you want to do? Blah, blah, blah. Like, right, right out the gate. Like, he, you know, he just he just wanted to wrestle, man. Like, I just, quick side note, that guy's great. Um, very fortunate to have met him. Um, very upset at the fact that we didn't get more time in the ring together. Um, and that's something that's never going to leave my mind is, I, I don't know. It was, it was a weird day. It was a weird situation. It was tough on all of us, uh, especially myself and the other person that was in the, the match as well. But I'll say traumatic yeah. to say the least. Uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a rough day. That's for sure. Um, now the good thing is that I know that. He was all about wrestling, so I just know that he at least went doing what he loved. Doing what he loved, like that. That guy was great, man. Like I really have nothing else to say. I think I was amazing. Um, I would, I would have loved to get got more time in the ring with him. Uh, professionally speaking, who is somebody that I'd love to be involved with wrestling? I have two quick answers. Somebody that I look up to as a kid because I really wanted to watch him wrestle live was Eddie Guerrero. That I, even if I just sat on the, on the floor and he was wrestling in the ring, love to watch. That I, I I get that. Uh, and then I honestly wish I would have gotten more time with Rex. I met Rex. I traveled with Rex. I wrestled Rex. I wrestled. I wrestled with Rex. But I feel like I took a lot of his uh, time for granted because he was such a nice guy, always talking me to things, always helping me out. Uh, so those are my three little answers for you. Now, uh, Eddie is an answer we get a lot of, True. which is not surprising. Um, so we're always interested to know because Eddie Guerrero was one of your choices. Uh, what was your favorite version of Eddie? Was it, uh, uh, you know, um, back in the day when it was Los Gringos Locos? Was it uh, big mullet ECW Eddie? Yeah. Was it uh, LWO Eddie? Was, was it, it which, Latino Heat? Right. So the, the first Eddie I got to watch was, again, I think I was like five and like five or six. I had just found out that wrestling was more than in Puerto Rico. Uh, so I watched from Mysterio's debut um, on SmackDown, and my cousin told me about it. And then I watched Eddie. It was Eddie and Ray when they won the tag team title. So the first time I ever watched Eddie, he was always doing the lying, cheating, stealing. Oh, uh, yes. You know, that thing. So that was, that was me. Like I was like, man, he's making all of these crimes look really freaking cool. <laughs> um, and my great-grandmother was over like, F it. Like, um, so that was my... My that was my version of Eddie, the one that I probably 
watch the most. Um, now, when, and one of the greatest moments in wrestling history, when he wrestled Kurt at WrestleMania, and they had that emotional at the end, the emotional ending of that WrestleMania show, that was probably the lasting impression that Eddie had on me. I felt how emotional that was, and that's just kind of like what I want out of wrestling. Nice. Emotion and entertainment want people to be invested. Good. So. Now that we've had this heartwarming moment, right. time to get to the real nitty-gritty Uh-oh. here as our final question. We here at the IndieCast believe that every animal in nature is given certain evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. Uh, giraffes have long necks, rhinos the big horns, etc., etc. Our belief is that human beings as an animal have the evolutionary trait of the ability to use tools. So that being said, both members of Gnarly Adventure, Carlos, Andrew, if you had to fight any animal, what would it be and what weapon do you use? Wow. That's, <laughs> that's specific right there. Okay. <laughs> I was saying, six years strong. That is, that right. is about as specific as a question can get. I can, I can pick any animal? Any animal, any weapon. Any weapon? Yeah. Slug in a shoe. <laughs> uh, I said slug in a shoe. But, uh, I mean, that's we we've had answers similar to that. Yeah, that's uh, not bad. That's not bad. Man, that's a that's a hard, I don't know why that's the hardest question for me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we like to you, end it. You'd difficult. be amazed how many yeah. people find this to be the hardest question of the show. Yeah, <laughs> I got like a chinchilla and a bat. Uh, nice. Oh, a snake and a nail gun. I don't know. Oh, that's nice. tricky. That's tricky. Uh, you know what? Let's keep it easy. Um, let me take on, let me take on a tiger. You, you think yeah, I, I would, okay. I would want to take on a tiger because I saw a documentary on them. Um, and you know, you see one of those, you're pretty much prepared for the jungle. Uh, I'll take on a tiger. What kind of weapon should I use? Let me take on a tiger, and you say any weapon. So I'm gonna take the Fallout weapon, that little glove that has the nails in the front, and you just hit. You guys are video game guys. Yeah. Okay. The Punchomatic, I think it's called. There you go. Tiger. By the way, can we can we recap briefly on that one? So we had snake with a nail gun. Right. We slug in a shoe. Slug in a shoe. So no, let's take it easy. A tiger and yeah, and a Punchomatic. So. That's, that's what I was saying. I said, you think that one was easy? Um, I'm cheating a punch dramatic. Fair enough. Okay, so, so this is going to sound a little bizarre. Um, I'm big onto, like, mythological stuff. So I'm going to go with the Kraken and nice. a Trident. Okay. Nice. All right, fulfill his destiny. We're going straight out. And he's not, he's not a pussy. He doesn't need Medusa's head. To ah, attack the crack, which is not actual correct mytho- mythology. That was just in Clash of the Titans. Right. But I just wanted it to be clear. He's going to go like a real man and just use a trident. We're talking the 80s version of Clash of, course, of the Titans. Of course, with the right robot that, owl for no reason. Right, yeah, yeah. not that horrible one they made up later. <laughs> going up against the crack in Fuck it. <laughs> well, uh, gentlemen, this is the time in the episode where one Mr. Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call. Get your shit in. Uh, this is the opportunity to uh, let everybody know where your social media is, where they can buy your merchandise, where they can see you next, etc., etc. The floor is yours. Perfect. So, I mean, social media-wise, we have a Twitter going on right now for Gnarly Adventure. It is at Gnarly Adventure, but it's actually spelled because somebody took the fucking A. G N 
R L Y Adventure. And then we both have Instagram. We have our Instagrams both separately still because we have not decided on Sheets or Wawa yet. So on my Instagram is going to be critical underscore Carlos Gabriel. Find me in there. Like my pictures. I'm pretty damn sexy as well as my daughter's actually adorable. So go ahead and like her picture too. And Mr. Andrew, you can find me on Instagram at A-R-T-R-A-S-K-3-1. I got a lot of real life stuff going on on there, so I can't keep it super wrestling related. You can find a lot of wrestling pictures on there, but you find a lot of other fun stuff. Um, you can find us. So the next little, uh, road, yeah, next little rosary that we have, we're going to actually be going up north. We're going to be at Combat Sports for their debut show. The debut show, we're going to be at Combat Sports Pro Wrestling, taking on Mr. Jake Shadows and Braxton Hunter. And we're going to be staying up in the Alabama area, doing the Revolt Pro Wrestling show as well. Combat is the 28th. Revolt is the 29th. Excellent. Not any of Excellent. And uh, you will be able to purchase hopefully two different variations of Gnarly Adventure shirts in the near future. (laughs) We've got our fully gimmicked one that we've designed, and then there's also uh, another guest artist of ours, uh, Mayday, who um, we're trying to work some things out. He does amazing work, and we sell his shirts already, so I'm hoping we can all just get in a big big pile of money and just all jump into it. Um, a big puppy pile. And, and as uh, as Chad pointed out earlier, you can see both members of Gnarly Adventure at Punk Pro Wrestling. Yep. Uh, they have made history twice now, and you can go watch it on Pivot Share and support these young men because they are going to explode like crazy all over the scene soon, all over the country, and then you can be a big dicky hipster and tell them, right. hey, I was watching them slum it up at Punk Pro right. before uh, before they became you know, before, giants. Before Gnarly Adventure became big, I used to watch them on the indie scene in Florida. I, I was sitting right behind Squawk Box, and she was screaming <laughs> that they were bullies for some reason. I don't know why. Um, well, anyway, gentlemen, thank you both for joining us on this adventure. Thanks to thank the dozens and dozens for listening, as always. And uh, as we always say here at IndyCast Headquarters, until next time, Deuces! Oh, God, just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a whole decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners. Not touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Mom, save vagina.